You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network that's dedicated to covering Indiana women's basketball. Tonight, I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff Marlowe, and our special guest, voice of the Indiana Lady Hoosiers, Austin Render. Um, But tonight, before we jump into everything, let's start our show the way we start every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. Tonight's banner moment came on June 15th when the program announced that the team will be taking another international trip to Greece on August 1st through August 10th. This is actually the first international tour for the program in six years and is funded by the IU Athletics Women's Excellent Initiative. The team will get 10 practice days at the end of July leading up to the trip. In addition to the touring of several places in Greece, the team will actually have two games while they're over there on their trip one in Athens and one in Patrice. And the importance for me and why I picked this as our banner moment from our Hoosier headlines is one, it has been a long time, the six years since we've had an international trip. And two, I think it's important for team bonding as well as those those practice days, getting an early start and actually game time um, together before the season is even um, a glimmer in our I, that early August timeframe. So for me, that was our Hoosier Proud banner moment for our show tonight. And as always, our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. So you're bound to find something for you or anyone else that you need to do some shopping for that loves great collegiate gear. And even though there's no longer March Madness, um, you should Still keep your eye out for new stuff because Homefield doesn't quit just because basketball season's not in, in full swing. So not only do you get quality apparel, but you're supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. You could go to homefieldapparel.com, and if it's your first time somehow purchasing from Homefield, you can use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. Once again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. All right, guys, let me cover off a few other um, headlines besides the the Greece trip, and then I'll kick it over to the both of you for thoughts on any of those headlines or anything else that really you want to talk about related to our women's basketball team. So first off, Yarden Garzan actually played in the 2023 FIBA Euro Basketball Tourney for Israel. Afterwards, she averaged 11.3 points per game, 3.7 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists per game and shot 58% field goal percentage, including 60% from three and 86% from the free throw line. Alexa Goulbay also was playing in the FIBA um, basketball, Euro basketball, and she played for Latvia. She averaged 11.3 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game, two assists, 46% field goal percentage, 29% from three and 73% field free throw percentage. Our other headlines for um, for us tonight to talk about are Amber Smith was announced as the replacement for Coach Glenn Box, and uh, she came to us from Kentucky most recently, where she was an assistant coach. She was with the program for five seasons as an assistant coach and two as director of player development. She was also a grad assistant at Tennessee. 
Um, and before that, she was a player for Kentucky. And then lastly, Hoosier Hysteria was announced for October 20th. So those are our headlines since our last show. So Jeff, what of those um, kind of spark your initial thoughts for tonight? Thanks, Kathy. I, I think I'm going to come back to Alexa and and especially Yarden here in a little bit as we get into our discussion with Austin a little bit. But uh, I think the big one here on the on the headlines, there, the, the the banner moment, the, the trip to Greece, because I think anytime you get that opportunity, there's some really great bonding that can go along there. And obviously, this is a team that still has a lot of veterans, but you're 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 now replacing maybe the best leader this program has had in in Grace Berger and so some things that probably will get iron, you know worked out a little bit in some of the kicks plus you still have some people that are trying to get up to speed you have the the recruits you have the transfer who came in you also have the kids from last year who even though they were in the program for a year some of them maybe not getting as much playing time as 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 others last year so I think that's important and then I also thought the hire of Amber Smith was a really good hire to replace Glenn Box and I thought you know obviously we talked about Coach Box moving on in an earlier episode and, and kudos to him that's what you want your program to be successful to where your assistants are valued and want to are seen as head coaching material by other schools and you want coaches assistant coaches who want in my opinion you want to have that high aspiration because that's going to make them work harder in terms of trying to get the program that they're working for to a higher level. So I thought the, those two things, the banner moment going to Greece, the announcement going to Greece, and also Amber Smith. And I think Amber Smith was a really good hire coming out of an SEC program where she understands the competition level. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, Austin, thanks for coming on. Maybe we should actually let you talk. Jeff and I have hogged the first six minutes, but what are, what are your initial thoughts? What's your analysis for today um, of any of those headlines or anything else on your mind about IU basketball? Well, no, I'm not going to Greece. Uh, that's the first, <laughs> that's the bummer. Um, I was going to ask. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get in, included in that, but uh, no, I think that's great. I think Jeff hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it, it's a great opportunity to get 10 extra practice days and a bonding. I mean, there's nothing bonds you like, spending 10 days in a foreign country uh having to spend all the time together uh they, bonding for good or or for bad but we're gonna hope and, and and think for this purpose it'll be bonding for good um because look i mean th there's there's a reason and i don't know it like per se i'm just speculating but there's a reason that they didn't hit the portal that hard and that's because i think they were confident in what they had and they feel like this returning group obviously minus ag and burger is a very tight-knit group and so they didn't want to break that up that's just that's just what i'm feeling that's what i'm thinking and so they're going to try and incorporate these really talented freshmen and what better way to do that than to have them spend uh 10 days in greece with with all these other uh returning these returning players. So I think they're set up well. And I think that trip will, will be very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So um, help me remember uh, the rules. How many years can you take a trip? Is it every five years? Four. Um, is that every four? Okay. Yeah. Someone was asking me that the other day and I thought it was every five, um, but every four. So um, yeah, so it's good to see after six years that um, we're having this. I believe this is the second trip, right? Under coach Morin. Yes, um, she I think took him to Italy. Yep. Took him to Italy in 2017. I think it's something she wants to do, obviously having done it twice now in her time in Bloomington. Um, and, and it's kind of a, what, what hasn't she done situation? I mean, every, everything she's touched has turned to gold here in Bloomington. So why not keep doing it? Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely nothing to, to question there. So, um, so I don't know, um, Austin, we also in our headlines um, talk, touched on our new hire, Amber Smith. Do you have mm-hmm. any, any other additional background beyond what Jeff and I have talked about things, expectations for her or anything you'd like to add around that hire? I mean, I haven't, I haven't met her yet. Um, I, I, I'm with you guys just reading up on her. It feels like a good hire. I mean, she's worked with some extremely talented people, not to mention Ryan Howard from last year for Kentucky. Uh, that's a program that has been really solid in her time there, whether she was a director of ops or, or an assistant coach or a player. Uh, that, that's a very good program. She's coming from, she's got some Tennessee roots, another great program. Uh, so I think she's been coaching the right way. She's been brought up the right way. Um, and, and she wouldn't be brought into this program if that weren't the case. Um, I do think she has large shoes to fill. Um, I think we're all very high on what Glenn Box has been able to do for this program. And I'm extremely excited to see what he does with Miami. Um, yeah. I think it's it's he, it was due. He's a wonderful coach. He, he earned that opportunity. And I know there's there's no ill will for him. Um, we're all going to be Red Hawks fans, certainly this year. But uh, it will be big shoes to fill. That's a that's a basketball mind that I loved chatting with off the court. Just learned so much just getting to talk to him. So it'll be a uh, it'll be a loss for sure. But I think you're going to see. I mean, Rhett is the stable guy. I mean that that's a guy that that Terry can rely on. He's a guy who's done this with her every step of the way. And then you've got Linda Sayavangshan who's coming back for her second year. She's fully engrossed in the program now. I would imagine she's more confident, more involved uh, in year two. And then she can help Amber Smith kind of learn the ropes of what it was like to be a first-year coach in this system last year. And, of course, the the cog that spins all the wheels is Terry Moore, and, and, and she's going to make this staff good, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, she'll tell you the straw that uh, stirs the drink is the players, which is, is partially true. But this is just – I think if you're Amber Smith, you've you've hopped into a great program with a ton of returning talent, great coaches around you, a fan base that's as as dedicated as it's ever been. I would imagine that uh, Coach Smith is pretty ecstatic to get started here in Bloomington. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeff, we can't hear you if you're. I'm not sure if you're on mute. Yes, you are. <laughs> muted himself. I'm I'm muted because I the my puppies are barking in the background, so I didn't think the audience wanted to hear the puppies the whole time. Um, but I want to follow up on that a little bit, um, Austin, because you're around the program more than we are, and you see the dynamic. So maybe a, a kind of a three part question here, and I'll try to take it uh, as Let best I can. Let me take notes. Yeah. It, it, first of all. <laughs> Does Terry Morin kind of identify her assistants as like a first assistant, second assistant, third assistant? And if that's, I can't kind of see you shaking her head. So she does. So will that, will, will coach Smith like slot right into where coach box was and what his responsibilities were, or do you think there'll be some shuffling of some of the responsibilities, like you said? And then finally is uh, for our fans out there, will Allie Patberg be a part of the staff again this year? Um. The last part, I, I I don't I haven't confirmed. I mean, I haven't been around the team yet, uh, to be honest with you. We got done with baseball about two weeks ago, and, and we're just kind of laying low right now. Um, uh, that's a great question. I would assume so. I have not heard otherwise. Um, the uh, the question, the first question is, yeah, I don't think there's like like there's certainly, and, and I would imagine this is the case everywhere. There, there's somewhat of a pecking order in terms of like, 
Uh, yeah, Glenn Box and Rhett, Rhett got more last year probably than, than Coach Zayavangchen did, but it was her first year, and both those guys were associate head coaches. Um, so I would imagine Rhett will have more of the responsibility. Linda will take on a little bit more now. Um, but I, it's not as if like they're not going to have Coach Smith do – um, do scouting reports and whatnot. Um, they try to rotate those around and, and keep everybody fresh. That way they can kind of be looking ahead, but also being in the present. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we, when we get a, a coach on the post game interview, it's the one who had the scout and, and you end up talking to all three throughout the season. So it's not as if they're going to have one coach do all the big game scouts that they trust them all. And I think that's part of, of bringing somebody into the program is like, Hey, we trust you. Here's the Iowa scout or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think there's anything of a, like, it's not going to be a huge reshuffle. I don't think she'll step in and just immediately be what, coach box was but i i don't think it'll be like all right we're gonna have you doing the the newbie jobs i think it's a pretty open thing um what was your second question I well, know yeah, I just, one and three yeah actually you kind of answered bo both <laughs> one and two just because you about the yeah. uh, you know moving people around reshuffling i okay. think you answered both of them okay great yeah <laughs> Sorry kind of a follow-up on that <laughs> Well, but I, I just know, like when I know, I won't say who it was, but I knew a, I actually worked at summer camp of, for several years for a college coach and he had his assistants. And that was, again, this was 20, 30 years ago, but he was one of those that you were a number one assistant. You were number two, you were the number three. And that's why I didn't think Terry did that. Coach Morton did that, but I just was curious because you're around the program more. So whenever somebody got hired in, it wasn't like the three moved up to a two. If you, he kind of pegged you as a three, you know, you were the number three. Yeah. Guy, you know, so I think yeah. Rhett is, is her go-to. Yes. I mean, he's yeah. been there every step of the way with her and there's, there's no doubt there's a connection there and a trust um, that, that can only be established over nine plus years now being uh, on the same staff. But I, I don't think it's a, Hey, Rhett, you're going to do everything now since the other two assistants have only been here for one or two years. Uh, I, I think there's there's plenty of trust to go around just because they wouldn't hire them um, if they didn't trust that they fit into this system. Yeah. A uh, last kind of follow up for me, and um, then maybe we can move on to to talking about the team. Um, but around Coach Diga, do you know, I, I, I mean, you're, there's no one, two or three coach, but do they have specific like um, I think I read somewhere Coach Smith worked a lot with the guards at Kentucky. Do they do the same thing at Indiana where? Yep. Yeah, box was up. primarily guards. Um, so, I mean, you could see if you watched Grace Berger's um, senior day uh, video, she was very complimentary and very emotional talking about Coach Box um, yeah. and everything he did for her. Rhett will take post players. Um, that's usually how those will go. And then and then Coach Saevangshan would kind of uh, help out the guards um, along with Box, and Rhett would run with the post. So yeah, they, they do do that. They'll split things up a little bit. And that's not to say that rat can't help out with, with what the guards are doing. Um, and he can't speak to that stuff. He certainly can. And he's a knowledgeable basketball coach, but he does primarily work with post players. Okay, cool. Jeff, any other questions or thoughts on coaching staff or how 
responsibilities are broken up or anything around that? Well, I just think that also real quick, Austin, and I know you said you haven't been around the team or anything, but just kind of get your thoughts about, you know, how I think it's huge, not just from the standpoint of you can use it as recruiting, but I just think for the overall development that Yarden Garzon was selected to play for the Israeli team in the FIBA tournament. And I just think I'm excited to see if we see maybe a different, I shouldn't say different, but another element to her game after maybe playing with the Israeli team this summer. Oh, I think I think she's a first team all big tenor. I really do. I think there's just so much talent in her. And I think with Grace moving out, that's a Grace is not a spot, especially since they didn't go in and pick somebody out of the transfer portal. And even if they did, Grace just isn't a person you just plug somebody in and they're Grace Berger. It's going to take a culmination of the guards to all kind of collectively fill in her shoes. Um, and I think Yarden is going to be one of those that takes a big step forward. I, I just, I, she oozes with talent. I mean, there's just so much talent there. She was such a good three point shooter. I, I just don't think people yeah. should forget. She shot what 45% from the three point line, maybe even better than that in her freshman season. I and mean, that's, that's ridiculous. So mm. Now, can she keep that up? I don't know. But if she's a 37 to 42% three-point shooter, you're taking that every day of the week. So mm-hmm. she has shown, and, and and you just look at some of the biggest moments of the year, she never backed away. I mean, I'm thinking about some yeah. big threes she hit against Iowa, some big threes she hit in the second half against Ohio State that sparked that big third quarter. She hit, obviously, a couple of big shots against Miami, unfortunately coming up short, but was just stones mm-hmm. down the stretch of that game, yeah. knocking down some – I mean, how many teams down by three inside the final 10 seconds are giving the ball to a true freshman saying, go hit a three? Yeah. And, and Yardin nailed it. And, and so I think her big thing is she's got to get a little better defensively, and there's no better way to do that than to throw her into, like, the fire of – professional ball in a way and, and playing with Israel and, and getting the guards from the best players in the, in the world. So I think, I think she's going to come back and she really could unlock a whole nother level for her. And she's just a confident person in general. I, I think that a lot of times when you go and play with your national teams, and I know that Henna Sanvik did that um, during the, during November, December, kind of there for a couple of weeks after Thanksgiving, she played for her national team. And came back with a lot more confidence. I don't think that's something we've got to worry about with Yarden. I think she's very <laughs> confident. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, like a no, cocky way. But she you. is she is extremely confident in what she can do. Um, and I just cannot wait to see what, what she can do in year two. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's interesting. I had two questions. Um, I had told... Uh, told you I didn't have a whole lot of questions, but I did write a couple down. One was mm-hmm. how did they replace the grace? <laughs> so yeah. I think you, you kind of talked about that. So everybody, I, all hands on committee. deck. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of what I was thinking too. My other one is, is sort of related, I think a little bit to, to what you were talking about with Yarden and her improvement. And that is, uh, and maybe she's your answer, but maybe not, but who do you think of the returning freshmen or the incoming sophomores, who do you think is going to make the biggest leap from last year? to this coming season? Well, I mean, yeah, I think the easy answer is Yarden because she can, I, she was well, all freshman selection 
Um, I think she can be a first team all Big Tenner, certainly a second team all Big Tenner. Um, but I, I think she should and will be first teamer by the end of the year. Um, but I, I think there's more room for growth for somebody like Alexi Bargeser. I think she could really, yeah. and when you talk about how do you fill Grace Berger's shoes, presumably Chloe will be the starting point guard, but you're going to need help for her. And Sarah is not Sarah and Yarden and Sid are not really point guards. So that's where you look to Lexi and, and maybe some of your freshmen and you say, Hey, we need you guys to play some minutes at, at the one. And I think Lexi is ready for that. I mean, you think, and you look and you say, well, she only played such and such minutes a game last year. She didn't play much in big 10 play. She's practicing every day against Grace Berger. She's practicing every day against Chloe Moore McNeil. She's getting better. And, and I think that's one thing people struggle sometimes is how could they be getting better if they're not playing in games? And I know it's it's so important to get that game action. Terry Moran will say that. But when you're getting the practice every day and, and whether it's practicing against or just watching and absorbing what Grace Berger and, uh, and Chloe Moore McNeil are doing. And I know that Lexi's also been very close with Allie Papberg as well. Um, these are all great people to soak in information from and to learn from. And I now do I think she's going to be like this all Big Ten type of player? Probably not. But there's probably more room for a big jump for her than Yarden, who averaged 11 points a game, played 30 minutes a game, shot the three ball lights out. Like her three ball percentage may tick down a little bit. I think her points will go up. But I think that Lexi Bartiser could be that sneaky big improvement because the space is there. I'm really high on Lily. Uh, I think that she can be really good. The space just isn't there for her yet because obviously Mackenzie Holmes is still there and she'll <laughs> still be getting the start. Yeah. And then you bring in Sharnice Curry-Jelks from uh, UT Martin, who is going to play some five as well. So I, I think... Uh, just looking at, at the freshman yard is going to be the best, but I think there's room and a big room for a big leap for Lexi Barges. And, and, and Austin, Jeff, I know you? we, and I was just going to say, Austin, I know we're, we're a long way away from the season, but maybe just take maybe if, you know, in your head, you know, just kind of off the top of your head, I should say, how would you break down the big 10 at this point? There was some big news here a week or so ago with the Osumu, 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 I'm trying to get the name right. That is just transferring back into the big Owusu. 10. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Penn Owusu. state. Yeah. And Owusu, uh, Osu, uh, you get my, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'm terrible at names you. if I can't, you. You know, but anyway, um, just kind of maybe break down by tier, how you see the big 10 at this point in June. I know it's early. Jeff, I'm so glad you asked because when you guys sent me the message to come on, you said, we'll talk a little bit Big Ten. I used it as a great opportunity. I actually went through all 14 teams, kind of did a who's in, who's out for everybody, a projected starting fives and whatnot. Um, the top four to five is going to be the top four to five. I really believe, I, really, it's the top four. Indiana brings back everybody but Grace Berger, and then you insert um sarah into the starting lineup and you bring in lexi and lily and, and then curry jokes off the bench and it's still this very very dangerous team insert those two freshmen it could be very good iowa they're going to be good because caitlin clark is there 
They actually lost a decent amount of production because Monica Sonano and yeah. McKenna Warnick, their two mm-hmm. and three scorers, are both gone. So their starting lineup may be a little bit new. I mean, Kate Martin, Gabby Marshall started. They'll go with Clark. Hannah Stolke, um, the one of the best freshmen, the second best freshman in the Big Ten and sixth woman of the year, she'll start. And then you, you that fifth spot's kind of wide open. But if you've got Kate and Clark, you're going to be good. Maryland will reload. Yeah. That's just what they yeah. do. Um, they brought in Jakia Brown-Turner from NC State. She averaged a little over 10 points a game in her four seasons at NC State and a thousand point score number seven recruit um, or their, their class, I should say is the number seven recruiting class. So they're going to reload. They bring back Cheyenne sellers. They bring back uh, some role pieces like faith, Masonis, lavender Briggs, but then they're going to put in some freshmen, a five-star McDonald's all American Riley Nelson. I mentioned Brown Taylor. So they've got weapons and then Ohio state, they're going to bring back uh, JC Sheldon, should be mm-hmm. healthy back for another year for her uh, freshman of the year in the conference. Cody McMahon, who is just terrific. Taylor theory is back. Rebecca Mikola Shikova is back. Ricky Harris is back. Madison green, who has battled injuries the past two seasons. From what I know, she is coming back for a uh, red shirt senior season. Uh, she was averaging 11 a game before her season was cut short last year. Um, and then they actually hit the transfer portal really hard. They brought in Celeste Taylor from Duke, who was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. They brought in Tyre Parks from Michigan State, and they brought in Kennedy Cambridge from Kentucky. So they are reloading. They lost Taylor Mike Sell, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, And obviously that's a big yeah. hole, but they're reloading. And then Michigan will be a tough one. Michigan does lose um, a decent amount of their, their weapons. Leah Brown, Emily Kaiser, Maddie Nolan are all gone. Uh, Layla Felia is their only returner. I would throw Illinois in that top bucket, though. I'd say yeah. it's a top five with the previous four I mentioned, not Michigan. And then Illinois is probably in that top five um, because literally everyone is back. Makaira Cook is back. Genesis Bryan is back. Adalia McKenzie is back. Kendall Bostic is back. Bryn Hill is back. Jada Peebles. Uh, they bring in a transfer from Duke and Shea Bullen. Uh, Camille Hobby, a transfer from NC State, who averaged nine a game and led the team in field goal percentage last season. So they are going to be loaded, and I think they will take a big jump as well. So I think there's a definitive top five. There's kind of that middle ground where I think Michigan will land. I think Purdue will kind of hang in that area. Purdue, they are bringing in a ton of freshmen. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six freshmen, two sophomore transfers as well. So Purdue's going to look very different this year. Nebraska Mm -hmm. will kind of hang in that middle because they've got Jazz Shelley and Alexis Markowski back. Um, And then you then the bottom, you just wonder if anybody's going to take that big jump. You guys mentioned Penn State. It's an intriguing transfer with Ashley Owusu coming in. She was obviously really good at Maryland. 2021 Ann Myers Drysdale award winner for the top shooting guard in the country, third team all American that season. Um, they're also bringing in some, some transfers, Tay Valaday from Marquette, Virginia, uh, Kylie Lavelle from Drexel, Moria Murray, Mariah Murray from Drexel, Grace Hall from LSU and Jayla Odin from Illinois. So they hit the transfer portal hard. They bring McKenna Marissa back for yet another season. Um, that's kind of the theme for me in the big 10 is that there's a lot of people coming back for their fourth and fifth seasons Mm -hmm. that are big Mm -hmm. time performers. Um, so I, I do think there's a pretty definitive top five that features Indiana, Iowa, 
Maryland, Ohio State, Illinois, and then a middle that's dangerous. The Big Ten has shown they got a ton of teams into the tournament last year. They've shown that that middle can be really good. Michigan State, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan, maybe Penn State makes that jump. Um, maybe Rutgers gets better. Maybe You just don't know, but mm-hmm. but I do think there is a definitive top five. Indiana will certainly be a part of that. Um, but man, it is when you just look at these rosters and who's coming back, it is going to be a ton of fun to see all these top teams battle it out again. So with, with no schedules, who do you pick? Do you have a pick to win? No, I'm not, no. I'm not going to do it. We don't know schedules. No. I, mean, I can guarantee you Indiana is going to play Iowa twice. We know oh, that yeah. the big 10 is not going to let that slip away. It'll um, probably be late in February. And again. I predict it'll be the last game of the season again. Yeah. Let's, at hope, least let's hope it's last game of the season in Bloomington this yes. year. I don't yeah, think I it'll so. be that way. Um, I, I feel like the Big Ten tends to side toward the Hawkeyes a little bit more. Uh, I think they'll probably get that game late in the year at home. But uh, I do know that it will be sold out in both arenas. I can yeah. guarantee you that because that is the new. And I, I'm look, I'm a Hoosier. I will always be told to to hate Purdue. But the new rivalry in town is Iowa, and and there's no doubt about that. So I'm super excited for that. I'm not going to pick somebody. Uh, (laughs) I I just – I plead. I plead for the people at home. Do not hand the Big Ten Player of the Year to Caitlin Clark on November 1st. Please let the season happen. If she puts up 50 against Iowa Community College, let the season happen, okay? Let's see what happens head-to-head because there is there is a woman wearing cream and crimson that should be in the conversation. It Absolutely. should have been in the conversation. Should have been last year. She, she shouldn't have won it. Caitlin Clark earned that, but should have been more of a conversation than yes. it was. So I just plead that we don't just hand this to Caitlin Clark because she's Caitlin Clark. Right. Look at the impact that Mackenzie Holmes has on this team. And, and I mean, I'm not to just throw her. I mean, I think there's going to be other people out there. I think Cheyenne Sellers yeah. for Maryland. I think uh, Cody McMahon for Ohio State's going yeah. to be really Cody good. So, and then those guards for Illinois are, are dominant. So let's, let's just leave that open for a little bit. Right. We don't just have to hand it to Caitlin Clark. No, there's probably people in June here already voting for her somehow. Mm-hmm. So. Like, well, they, and their they minds work, won't change because work, she's gonna put up what she's gonna put up. She's yes. gonna she's gonna maybe average a triple double, which is insane. I'm not saying not taking anything away from that. Yes, but I, I do think that. that at some point you you have to look a little bit elsewhere. Might, right, you got to broadening yeah. the conversation. Sorry, yeah. Jeff. At least include some people. Hey, <laughs> I'll say just real quick, you know, because we didn't have you on after you know toward the end of the season or anything, yeah. but just. Kind of what was, you know, you were there around the team when they, after the loss in the tournament, just kind of really maybe what was the mood around the program like and, and, and just kind of rehab or, or what you, I know we all felt disappointed, I know, but just kind of your thoughts on last season real quick before we move on to anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pill that, I mean, I think if you ask several of them, they probably haven't swallowed yet. I mean, yeah. and you hope they will and, and they, and I'm sure they will. Um, or use it or use, use it, it right? well, that, well, that too i mean it could be a yeah. pill you swallow that's good for you um yeah. let, let's hope that's the case it was it was hard i mean i was certainly not ready for it um i mean throughout the game i just kind of kept thinking they're gonna figure it out they're gonna figure it out sure. and, Same way. and they just could yeah. never grab that lead they didn't 
it was just an uncharacteristic shooting night for both teams. Miami uncharacteristically yeah. made everything they looked at, and then Indiana uncharacteristically missed everything they looked at, and that was the ball game. And mm-hmm. it was hard. I mean, you, you saw the videos post game of the players in the locker room, and they were hit pretty hard, and, and understandably so. I think there's just such lofty expectations when you're the number one seed and, and to lose like that, the only loss on your home floor all year. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm with you, Kathy. I hope it's, I hope it's fuel to the fire. And yeah. that's the, that's kind of the double-edged sword when you bring everybody back is all right. They experience that hardship. They're ready and they're motivated. But then when you get into that situation again, you hope if, if let's say you're down in the round of 32 again, you hope that doesn't flood their minds of, Oh gosh, it's happening again. Right. So, I do think they can use that to their advantage. I think Terry Moran's an excellent motivator. She knows what buttons to push, and um, I think they'll put it behind them really quickly. But it it was uh, it was not that night in Assembly Hall was a weird. It was just the yeah. whole day felt a little ominous. I'm not gonna lie. I woke up that morning and I went to work, and I told my boss, "I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't feel mm-hmm. as great." as I should. And, and I just felt like that Miami team was tough. They were, they had nothing to lose and they went out there and played without a care in the world. And, yeah. and they took it to Indiana early credit to Indiana for fighting back. But um, yeah, just, it was a weird night. One that I certainly won't forget. Um, I wish I would, but <laughs> it just was a, it was a tough night and, I, and I'm not a player. So right. I can only imagine right. what was going through their heads and what was going through the coaches' heads and, and what still probably is every once in a while replayed back in their heads. So uh, yeah. hopefully it's it's behind them and they'll they'll come back out here for this season ready to roll. Yeah, I, I think that we would all agree with that. I know there's a lot of comments and, you know, how proud everybody was in terms of the fans of the team all year um, and really emotionally invested. I know that was for me, at least personally, was one of the hardest post-game shows to get through for me. Uh, and it was hard for me. And I I don't even know any of them. Right. So, you know, I, don't, I haven't talked to them. I, I mean, we interviewed Chloe a few weeks ago, but before that, I've never even met any of them. So I can't imagine what kind of emotions they've been going through ever since then. So, yeah, I, I hope think, Kathy, a little bit. One thing, um, I do think that they're at the stage in the program where I think you're allowed to, after something like that, be disappointed in the result, not in the team, but in the result. Yes. And, and you don't have to sugarcoat. I mean, I think, I think at this point in the program, they've been to the NCAA tournament now, what, five years in a row, four or five years in a row. And, and you've done everything. You've been to the sweet 16, you've been to the elite eight. Now you've been the number one seed and you lose around a 32. I don't think you have to sit back and say, Oh, but it was, a, it, and it was a great season. It really was. But I think you're allowed to, as a fan say that one felt like a missed opportunity. And yeah. I think the team would say the same thing. And I think they're going to be back and they'll do it. They'll, they'll be right back in the same position here in what, seven, eight months. Um, but I, I do, I do think like as a fan, that's one of those seasons you don't have to try and like, okay, well, it was a great year. Like, no, I think you're allowed to be a little bit disappointed in a finish like that, but, but know that the team not disappointed in the team, just disappointed in the finish. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about last season. We've talked about the Big Ten as a whole. 
we've talked a little bit about the incoming um, sophomores and mm-hmm. replacing Grace. One thing I also wanted to ask your opinion on are the three new three yep. newcoming players. Oh my gosh, three <laughs> new incomers. I'll get it. Um, so we have a, a we Jeff and I covered this in a, a previous show. So for those of you who didn't don't know who we're talking about, please you know go back and listen. But we we do have a transfer coming in as you mentioned um, from UT Martin with uh, Sharnice Curry-Wilkins and then two freshmen with Jules uh, LaMondola and Lene Beaumont. So what what are you thinking in terms of expectations for for the three of them? How are they going to fit into the team? Do you expect major playing time, especially for the two freshmen? We haven't historically seen, other than Yarden, a lot of playing time. But what are, what are your kind of thoughts? What are you hearing on the street that you can kind of share with us? I mean, I'm, this is going to be a segment off of just me speculating looking at the roster and 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 you're right i mean freshmen notoriously don't get a ton of playing time uh in this program i mean you look even back to like when grace Berger was a freshman she did not play a ton um you got to go back to like the jalen penn bendu yaney class uh to and and it was just kind of out of necessity when you look back to to those freshmen having played so much so Yarden was was a little bit of an outlier. I do think they're both very talented. And they're and again, like I said earlier in the show, there's a reason they did not hit the transfer portal hard and try and replace Grace with somebody out there was because I would imagine they have belief in these freshmen. I mean, you've got a 2023 Illinois Miss Basketball and a Texas Miss Basketball. You've got the Gatorade Player yeah. of the Year in both Illinois and Texas. Uh, I mean, top... 85 recruits both of them uh I, I think they're pretty pretty excited about what they can get out of these two and then you bring in Sharnice curry jokes from uh from ut martin who's the ovc freshman of the year uh, i mean she averaged 15.7 rebounds a game shot 54 percent from the floor i think part of that is uh, you have to at this point after the last two years think worst case scenario in your head with a mckenzie holmes injury and yeah. be prepared for that. So I think part of that is, hey, if Mackenzie goes down, we now have Lily Meister and Curry Jelts to kind of take us through that because they've been a little thin at that position when she's been out. I mean, look back two years ago, uh, they they had to play a lot of Alexa at the five while she was right. out for those eight games and even when she came back and wasn't totally in shape. So. Uh, I think yep. it was a good pickup in that sense. You may look at it and say, that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but you just never know in basketball, right. uh, especially with somebody who has started to grow into a little injury prone. Um, but hopefully everybody stays healthy and it's just a very good rotation. So I do think you'll see them all, especially early in the season. And you may see the uh, you may see the rotation shrink, kind of like Alexi Bardister. <laughs> Anna Hennesson, yeah. they both played a decent amount in the non-conference and then not so much in the Big Ten. So you may see that with Lemondola yeah. and, and Beaumont. Uh, but I do think they're valuable additions, especially since you start to look at this team and, and a year or two down the road, it's going to look a lot different. You're going to lose Holmes, Parrish, Scalia, Moore McNeil in the next two years. So all of a sudden you've got to start thinking about, all right, we got we got some shoes to fill, especially at the guard position. And uh, those are two very good ones that they've brought in. So we, when we talked about um, the the newcomers, um, one of my 
wonders is around Curry Jelks. So she seems obvious to be the one that is meant to come in off of the bench and help, you know, give maybe McKenzie some extra time uh, in terms of rest and help with that wear and tear on her, her knee and her body. Do you ever think that she would play side by side though? Because it seems to me Curry Jelks is pretty athletic, um, you know, from the videos and whatnot I could find of her and UT Martin. And I, I'm just wondering, do you think that we'll ever see her play a little bit of that, you know, traditional four position or do you think she'll be exclusively there to only come in and, and spell Mac? It's a great question. I just statistically no, I wouldn't think so because none of them present like any sort of outside threat. Like Mac could yeah. hit you with a straightaway three every once in a while, but certainly not going to be, but then again, you kind of look at the the blueprint, which I don't know if if Hoosier fans are are the biggest fan of it. But the blueprint of the men's side, where you're playing race and trace, and race would attempt his three pointers, but I mean, for the most part, those were two guys who played in the paint. Um, whether you liked it or not, it, it won a lot of games. So, could you do something like that? Maybe. And and again. You think about Max injury. You also think about Yarden and Sid both being pretty foul prone. So yeah. they get in yep. any sort of foul trouble. Maybe you experiment with the double five look. But again, it's got to be a matchup thing. Like if you're playing Iowa, who throws Hannah Stolke and four guards out there, you can't afford to, no. to put any of those bigs on any of Iowa's guards. So uh, I don't think just statistically looking at it, it would make a whole lot of sense. But it will be very interesting because if everybody is healthy, it is a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It's it's an OVC freshman of the year. It's a Big Ten defensive player of the year, and it's an upcoming sophomore who I think myself and a lot of people are pretty high on in Lily Meister. Yeah, so I will be very that. interested in how that is managed um, because I think you're right. I think they've got to, especially early in the season, lighten the load on those knees for Mackenzie Holmes, because let's be honest, they need her in March. They, they, yep. they haven't had a healthy Mackenzie Holmes, 100%, which very few people are hundred percent by March, but they haven't had a healthy Mackenzie Holmes in the NCAA tournament the last two years. Right. So they desperately need her to kind of manage her way through the season. And maybe that is with playing more of a Meister uh, Curry Jelks uh, off the bench and giving her maybe, Maybe putting her at 25 minutes a game instead of – hold on, I think I have it on here. Yeah, she averaged 31 minutes a game. Yeah. So maybe you bump that to 25, 26 a game, and and you see if you can get away with it. You experiment with stuff in the non-conference, and then I'm sure her minutes will go up in the Big Ten. But I think you've got to have some sort of plan here to get her to March healthy and ready to go. And Austin, I'm going to change the subject here a little bit just because I know some of our fans know here on the Doing the Work podcast, but some don't. You're also the voice of IU Baseball, as you mentioned earlier, and just kind of a heck of a ride for IU in a bounce back season. So maybe just if you could just, you know, and we told you we'd try to keep you about 45 minutes or so, and we're getting pretty close to that. Um, <laughs> You're, just, good. You know, You're good. You're good. What what do you what just kind of what your thoughts were about the IU baseball season? And then I do want you specifically to speak to the UK rivalry because that got pretty chippy. It got really heated there. That's true. Yeah. Um this is one of those seasons where I, I, I would contrast it to the women's season where like the women's team is at the point where all right, it's time to to like 
let's let's make some noise here and we could be a little critical. Um, the baseball was a huge turnaround. And it's yeah. one of those where now two weeks out of the season, you can look at it and say, what a turnaround, what a season, a lot of moral victories. And, and I think that's okay. Uh, from I don't know where they thought they would be preseason within the clubhouse, um, but I think they made it further than any of us would have thought preseason. I think they made it further in the Lexington Regional than we may have feared going in. I, I was just hopeful, let's go in there and not go 0-2. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're sitting 2-0 and and waiting in the championship game. And, and unfortunately, it didn't go our way. But, you know, it, it, it was a wonderful season. And the best part about it, excuse me, is that a lot of people are coming back. And they're going to yeah. lose their shortstop in Philip Glass, or they're going to lose their catcher in, in Peter Ceruto. And then, and then there's some pieces that still have to make decisions. Bobby Whalen, Hunter Jesse, they can come back for another year. But then you've still got a core of Carter Matheson, Josh Pine, Brock Tibbetts, Devin Taylor, Tyler Cerny, just right there, those five. And, and a pretty good core of guys and like Ryan Crabb, Luke Sennard, Braden Reisdorf, Connor Foley, guys coming in out of the bullpen as well. So I think the sky's the limit for this team next year. I really do think they should be contending to have a, a Bloomington regional in the NCAA tournament next year. That way we don't have to go to Lexington, Kentucky again. <laughs> um, I, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff from, from Lexington. Um, it just was a lot of, I don't know. I, I would label it as immaturity. Um, yeah. I just thought there was a lot of immaturity going on. Um, my biggest thing was just please let the baseball determine who gets out of this regional. And I'm not sure it necessarily did on Sunday, but then on Monday, it certainly did. The baseball was the forefront. It was a great game. Indiana yeah. had its chances. Kentucky capitalized on theirs. Indiana didn't. Can't go one for 15 with runners in scoring position nope. and expect to win. Um, but yeah, I, I just, there was a lot of extracurricular stuff that could have been avoided. Um, both sides, but you know, it is what it is. And, and that's what rivalries are supposed to be about. You're not supposed to like your rivals. Um, I didn't think that the Kentucky media covered it in a very uh, like fair light. I think yeah. they pinned a lot of stuff on Indiana and I'm really talking about one guy, but uh, um, I tried to make sure on Twitter that people knew like, look, that's not how this went. Like both teams did their thing and that's totally fine. And, and we move on. So that's why sometimes I always say, uh, I don't always say, but going into the regional this year, I was just thinking like, I don't know if I like as nice as it is that Lexington is, is just down the road. I think I'd rather be shipped somewhere where my rival isn't, you know, like mm -hmm. you don't have to face your rival facing your rival adds a whole nother element to an NCAA regional. Whereas if you just go to coastal Carolina they're a very good team and probably maybe better than Kentucky, but uh, you're not having to play your, your arch rival. Your the fans aren't going to be as rabid toward you. So uh, there was a lot of layers to that Lexington, obviously starting with the dorms um, and going from there, but it, yeah. overall, overall very pleased with the way the season went. Um, super excited for, for next year. I think just, I'm very fortunate to call these two sports because uh, we've got very promising 2023, 2024 seasons coming up. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, so I think, yeah, we've kept you a long time here, um, Austin. Um, one final question, super easy. Um, we've had a couple of people just ask to confirm. Are you from Fort Wayne originally? Yes. Is that right? Yep. Okay. That's so good. Fort good Fun. Memory, that, that's yeah. where we originate from. And uh, <laughs> yep, that's that's where we'll we'll call home uh, at least for now. But uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a good place. Awesome. Hey, I do want to shout out uh, Hoosier Nation, though, um, for making them expand the uh, the assigned seating. Yes. yes. Season tickets. Um, that was really cool. I was really excited when they announced that. I felt like it needed to be done, and it was. And then Hoosier Nation took it up a notch and said, we need more seats, and, and they yeah. delivered. So uh, super excited to see what that looks like, especially in some of the Big Ten games uh, in the new year. But uh, super impressed by Hoosier Nation, the way they've supported this team the last uh, year or two. I saw the graphic even, and I thought the crowds were good my first year. And then this past year, doubling the, the amount of attendance was wild. So excited yeah. to see what this next season has. Yeah, we we talked about that a couple of shows ago as well. And yeah, I think uh, the average per per game attendance almost doubled from the previous yep. year. And mm -hmm. yes, the assigned seating we talked about and, uh, and even just being able to, you know, have, have to charge for parking now so that they're able to get, you know, to hire the police, um, Bloomington police department to come in and, and, um, direct traffic and have traffic control. I think all of that really, we thought that spoke volumes for our fans and how the program has really come along as well. So yeah, um, it legitimizes yeah. the program. It legitimizes the team and the atmosphere yeah. and the environment. And I think that's great. And uh, I have a lot of people say like, I don't want to go to the game because we love listening. Always go to the game. Don't listen yes. to me. Just go to the game. We, we <laughs> like having it. My job is better when people are at the game. And, and yeah. when that thing is a full house, uh, it's goosebumps. It's it's everything. It's so much fun. So uh, excited, super excited for this next season. Yeah, I, I, we are too. And, uh, you know, and it just doesn't do anything but pay dividends, right? It gives fans yep. a great experience. It gives the players a great experience. And it helps us down the road with recruiting, right? With recruits, see, you know, nobody wants to go and play in front of, you know, 22 fans mm -hmm. or just their family. They, they want to play in front of a packed arena and, and a packed arena that's smart about the game, understand what's going on and is there and is engaged. And I think we have all of that in our fans and how the um, athletic director or the athletic department has supported that too and isn't just kind of thought not nah, this is a one-time thing no we're going to continue to grow this and support this yep. growth so yeah and and yeah. one thing to keep an eye on kathy and austin probably being around the program a little bit more uh, but i i saw an article yesterday that there's been such an arms race and we've seen it in basketball a little bit with things like cook hall you had to get cook hall i remember the talk years ago you needed cook hall to be able to compete to get recruits blah blah all that that now the, the article, and I think, I can't remember where I saw, whether it's out of AP or Sports Illustrated, but basically NIL is eliminating some of that. The, 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 the players now, the yeah. recruits don't care if they're dressing in a two-by-two -two stall if they're getting $25,000, you know, in NIL yeah. money. And I wouldn't gonna, either, to be fair. It, it's going to be really interesting to see how that does affect some of these things, you know, because like I said, we talk, we've seen program, you know, th this IU basketball program on both sides have had locker rooms totally redone to try and help with recruiting they've had mm -hmm. weight rooms redone i mean but now you know that arms race according to the article may just you know may finally slow down interesting money, money talks jeff yeah it, it yeah. always has it, it always, always has. will it always has. if i had to get dressed in a 
what did you say? A, a two by four, two, two by, by two, two stall. Yeah, two yeah. by two stall. But I'm getting paid twenty five thousand dollars a year. I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to I'm going to take that trade off. So, well, Austin, thanks so much for your time today, Jeff. Any last minute questions for for Austin? No, I just if he sticks around for a couple of minutes after we end, I want to I do want to ask him one question, just kind okay. of off the air. All right. Got it. Private question just for us. Okay. So um, with that, we'll go ahead and start wrapping things up then, I think. All right. So real quick, just a quick couple programming notes. So for doing the work, we are going to be back with you on Wednesday, July 5th. Um, we are planning to have a special guest. We are not announcing who that is just yet, um, just to make sure that, you know, there's a bit of time and there's the holidays involved. We don't want to to put anyone on the spot. We, we do have um, somebody lined up for that show that we will be announcing later as we get closer. So stay tuned to our Twitter account, or if you're in our private community, we'll make sure to let everybody know there as well when we do get closer to that July 5th show. So again, it'll be Wednesday, July 5th at our normal time, which is eight Eastern, seven central. And as always, assembly call, we'll be back on this Thursday with their normal weekly show as well. So with that, I guess we'll just turn it over to our, our last call. So, um, Jeff, I'll let you go first. And then Austin, as our very special guest, you can wrap it up uh, for us and give us your last thoughts. But Jeff, what do you have on your mind today? Uh, I really don't have a whole lot. I'm going to just, I want to thank Austin for joining us tonight and just excited to see how this team comes out of that trip to Greece. I know it really won't see, we'll probably get very little information out of the trip to Greece, but I really am excited for see what this team will look like come November. And I think those 10 practices in the trip to Greece will be huge. Yeah. How about you, Austin? Yeah. What final thoughts do you want to leave us with? I, I think, I think my final thoughts were just what I just did was thanking Hoosier nation. I mean, I think it's just so cool. I, I will go out and about in the town and people are buzzing about women's basketball as much as they are the upcoming men's season. So I, I, it's so cool what has happened uh, with the game over the past year. It, it's just so cool running into people, uh, telling them what I do, and then finding out they're a huge fan of the team. Uh, so it, they're out. It, it, it used to be a little bit more selective. Now it's just – it's all over the place. So I, I think it's super cool what has happened. And uh, I just, I, it, as Terry Morin said, if you, uh, if you build it, they'll come. And they have built the program and the fans have come. And it's going to be a great upcoming season. Yeah, those are great words to end on. So if you do want to see us do our show live and be part of our live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash assembly call. If you're not already, um, check us out as well at assemblycall.com slash community. We do have a private community that we have a lot of conversations going on there about men's basketball, but women's basketball as well. Um, and sometimes we dabble in some other sports as well. I hear we have a football team, so we do converse about that from time to time as well. Um, a huge special thank you to John Ringer of Riggs Design. He designed our logo that uh, you can see there on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. A big thanks to Bob Thompson for our new music that you heard a couple of times throughout the broadcast. But most of all, thank you all for listening and supporting not just our, our IU women's team, but Jeff and I, as we are able to, to keep bringing you different conversations with wonderful people like Austin around IU Women's Hoops. So thanks again to Austin for being here with us. And we will talk to you in a couple of 
of weeks. But until then, keep your elbow in your and your eyes on the rims and let's go Hoosiers. All right. Nice show. Hey, Austin, I just really wanted to ask you real quick, cause I, but do you do any like high school football in the fall then? Or is it just. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll, we'll have a game of the week every Friday. Okay. Um, some, some mixture of South North and Edgewood. Um, and yeah, we'll do one game each week. Okay. I was just yeah. curious because I know you do bat, you know, IU women and then baseball. So yep. got to stay busy. You got to stay busy in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured, I figured the yeah. station what was going to have you doing now something. To uh, yeah. Golfer. What do you do now? <laughs> You're golfing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's hey, yeah. Whatever, whatever of, we can do. Yeah. Speaking uh, of golf, speaking of golf, Kathy, you probably didn't see this, but Bloomington South has a p- golfer that made the state tournament. His name is Happy Gilmore. Yeah, his name is Landon. Okay. Um, he just, I saw it on the goes, He goes oh, by Happy. Um, and yeah, yeah, he will introduce okay. himself as Happy. Uh, yeah. Yep. I saw that on the state okay. tournament. I was kind of following along in the state tournament because <laughs> okay. a, a, a girl that I went to high school with. He's really, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. A girl I went to high school with, her two, her two sons were at Westfield and they were both. Okay in the top 10, you know, roughly top 10 in the individual. Nice. So I saw that. So, but anyway, yeah. Hey, enjoy the rest of your summer. We really appreciate you being with us. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. We'll see you again. See you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Hey everybody. We'll talk to you on July the 5th, Kathy, you and I will get together and figure out some questions for that guest. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.